Welcome to this live episode of To The Moon, Allison, where we talk about the latest in science fiction, fantasy, speculative fiction, and romance. I'm your host, Allison Martine Hubbard, author of The Bourbon Books, which are contemporary romance and works of speculative fiction. I am so excited today to be joined by romance legend, Jenny <laughs> Holiday, author of Duke Actually. Take a look at that there, that Hi. adorable cover. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. We are here in the thriller library belonging to your mother. That's right. <laughs> Everybody dies in all the books behind you, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I haven't read any of them. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. Somebody might have made it out alive. Yeah. Important people make it out alive in this, which is good because there's definitely a lovely happily ever after. Otherwise, there would be a riot. You want to tell us a little bit about Duke, actually? Sure. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, Duke actually is a, um, contemporary romance that is, what was inspired, the series was inspired by, um, Hallmark Christmas movies, but, um, and I can take, I can't take credit for either of these two phrases, but I've had two readers come up with good ways of describing this book and its predecessor. And one is Hallmark after dark. (laughs) And the other one is Hallmark produced by HBO. So it's a, a, um, Christmas romance sort of in the style of Hallmark movies in the, in the sense that it leans really heavily into kind of the, the bonkers Christmas romance tropes. Isn't there like um, a hot cocoa festival? Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it takes place partially in a fictional micro nation in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but it's also, I hope, you know, modern contemporary romance with a bit of an edge. Well, so, and that didn't really answer your question. It's about two, um, <laughs> people who are in a royal wedding that is taking place as a result of the events of book one. You don't need to read book one to read to for this book to work, but they're, they're in a royal wedding um, that has come about because of the events of the previous book. And they are both um, similar kinds of people, but not initially at a place in their life where either of them is kind of ready for genuine romance. So they become right. friends. Well, and Jennifer Ann Gordon just posted that she loves the HBO by Hallmark. And yeah, exactly. Because there there definitely is some uh, risque stuff going on that we would never get on the Hallmark yeah. channel. And we are yeah. the worst for it that we don't get that on Hallmark channel. Well, and I also think it's not just like steam. It is that mm-hmm. for sure. But also, um, like, I like to read romance novels like as a reader. And this is completely just subjective taste. This is not like a statement of what's good and what's bad in any kind of you know, meaningful way. Um, But I like to read books that are independent of the heat level. I don't care if there's high heat or not that have kind of um, realistic, realistic is a funny thing to say when I just said it, this is like Christmas romance (laughs) on steroids bonkers, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But like modern people facing modern problems, you know, that that has a little bit of a like edge to it. Yes. And you definitely have that with, you've got someone who's coming off of a divorce and someone else who's like, okay, so that arranged marriage that I was supposed to have, okay, that's not happening. Now what do I do with myself? And those are, those are, I think more relatable sometimes than some of the Regency style romances, unless you happen to live in the Regency era, because I personally don't. So the (laughs) modern stuff kind of gets you there. Um, But yeah, I guess I don't even mean modern that way. I guess I mean also just kind of like, you know, problems with like, do I like my job? And you know, what is my, 
what's the point of what I do and things like that, you know? And both of them are going through that. So there right. isn't just this romance storyline, although the romance storyline is awesome, but they do have these other things there because one of the things that is really special about this is you do have, I would say the, the, the strangers to friends to lovers kind of trope going on as far as these two people are confiding each other about where they are in their life and how they've maybe made different choices based on other people's expectations and how that's right. impacted their career and whether or not they're happy with all of that. Some of that, some of that from your own life. Uh, no, not directly. I mean, I think, I'm, but I think everybody's kind of familiar with the, the, um, question of career angst at times, yeah. you know, like, am I, am I, you know, I have a friend who used to always say, actually, she was a work friend initially, she's become a, just a very close friend, but we ended up, we shared an office years ago. And that's where we met. And she always used to say, when I was getting really stressed out about my job, she'd say, Jenny, Jenny, do you live to work or work to live? And I'd say, well, it's a little more complicated. No, 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 no. Pick <laughs> one. The only be one. Um, you know, and I, I just bring that up because I think, you know, that, that job stuff is familiar to people. Family stuff is familiar to people. So none of it's directly from my life, but I mean. What, I you like weren't in an arranged marriage? No. And, okay. you know, yeah. And, um, but I did, you know, I do have like. A little bit of a history with academia so some of that is it's not directly autobiographical but i do um know people who have questioned their professorial jobs and stuff like that but tenure tenure so yeah. close yeah exactly well and i love also you have these recurring themes of the holiday office party and how those go right having suffered through some of those yeah. not necessarily in the academic world but it was so completely relatable i'm going i think i've been to this party although i do have a question What's a Negroni? A Negroni is a drink. But but what's in the drink? Um, Do you know what's in a Negroni? Yeah, well. <laughs> because there are a lot of Negronis in this book. Yeah, yeah, going, yeah. No, what I'm is not gonna, see, you're putting me on the spot. I need to know what <laughs> Sorry? I'm, not, I'm not a big drinker of those kinds of cocktails, so it's not autobiographical. It's and um, I believe rye. I'm not sure, but it's a strong cocktail. It sounded strong, but maybe that's just because in my head, it's awfully yeah. close to pepperoni. <laughs> I'm going, no, it's, just, it's like a classic that. Italian cocktail. Very nice. Well, and you also have a very classic love interest in the form of a uh, very tall, very chiseled ice prince yeah. style. And I, I did love because a book that I'd read recently before this had a tall blonde hero, but they didn't describe him very much. And I was trying to figure out, oh, who would it be? And my mind goes to Alexander Skarsgård. And pretty much you're like, it's the vampire from yeah, True yeah. Blood. I'm like, oh, so Alexander Skarsgård. I like yeah. that you just came out and told me, there he is. I didn't have to wonder because you can't really pick a better leading male than Alexander Skarsgård if you're right. looking for the, the European one. And I did laugh that you had this imaginary Alps adjacent country yeah. that I just go, how many, how many countries are there? There's Sokovia, there's Eldovia. I forget the one that we have from Princess Diaries. There's a lot of imaginary countries. We got to, gotta, we got to keep track of all of them, but I'm glad yeah. that they all have wonderful relations with other countries and come to New York for parties and things like that. There's actually a Wikipedia article of like a list of fictional <laughs> countries that I consulted to make sure I wasn't like reusing somebody else's fake country well because they all kind of sound alike because they're all yeah. trying to sound like it could be a real country except it isn't like sokovia isn't wakanda isn't we just want them to yeah. be because we want right. to go visit so i can't actually go to this 
hot cocoa festival and I'll just have to make my own. For now, I'll just stick with my eggnog, which yeah, I'm good yeah. with that. So I'll do that. So cheers for that. Cheers. But so this is actually not the first, I, I did not know when I signed up to say, oh yes, I want to read Duke actually. I did not know that it followed A Princess for Christmas, but I did like that everything you had in here was very clearly, you didn't need to read the first book. Let me just say that. Like, yeah. I wish I could have to have some of those backstories with Marie and Leo, which were the couple in the first one. But I was joking beforehand with my producer, because it's a romance, we do know that, well, they got together at the end. Otherwise, <laughs> it would have been a romance. Yeah. But you but you don't have to start with that one in order to really enjoy this, which I like. Because sometimes I don't think so, when no. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's this is this is um, I hesitate to even call it a series. It's three. It's there are three books. And, um, you know, we talk about them in the editing as taking place in the, the same universe. Yes. But they're not they're not. They don't necessarily need to be read like a yeah. They're your HBO for Hallmark cinematic universe. That's exactly. that's totally fine. Exactly. And then you cast the same people for it when you get the Netflix deal, and it's all good. Right, right, great. Well, and have you written books in that same kind of style before, where it's loosely connected? Because I actually, I will admit, so I joke that I am a science fiction author who tripped and fell in the hot tub because I didn't originally start writing romance until later in like my exploration of writing mm. and so when I was then first trying to get my first book published I was looking for comps and I had no idea because I didn't read enough romance to really even know what was out there so I got right. I was looking around and one of the first ones I got was Mermaid Inn oh okay and 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 I I read that and I was going I'm trying to find something that has a similar vibe because for people who don't read a lot of romance there is a huge variety out there and yeah. just saying, oh, it's romance is pretty unhelpful. So having something that it's contemporary set and it's there's there's romance and there's comedy, but it isn't necessarily a full out rom-com because that's kind of a different vibe too. Um, so Mermaid Inn, does, is that set in a universe too? Is it, does, does it have its own cinematic universe? Yes, that is, um, there's three books in that universe too. Um I think that's marketed more traditionally as a series, but I always, mm -hmm. I mean, I always try to make my books, even if they're in series standalone, or at least make them work as a standalone. Right. So, and yeah, Mer Mermaid Inn, but Mermaid Inn is the first book in that series or universe or whatever you want to call it. Well, and I definitely want to go visit Mermaid Inn because if anybody, if anybody's read this before, she describes this fabulous place that the, the town itself is, is very sweet. But then on top of that, there's this mermaid-tastic place and there's a there's a restaurant near me that has a bathroom that is all mermaid out. I'm like, this is the bathroom for Mermaid Inn. So for anybody who's in Orange, California, go to Rutabagores, go in the bathroom. And that's like a glimpse of Mermaid okay. Inn, just, just a little bit. I so like if you're that. in Orange, <laughs> come okay. check it out. And you can I see. wish I was. I'm in the middle of a snowstorm right now. I know. You've got, you've got snow and I know that there's been winds in some of the areas mm -hmm. too. It was raining here in California. So we don't even know what to do with that. We're just like, Where's my umbrella? We don't, <laughs> we don't even know what to do with any of that. So you said that this is part of a three book series. Mm. What's coming next for the series? Um, next fall is the third one. And it is, um, so you, if you only read this book, you met this guy briefly. And to be honest, he, I kind of shoehorned him in there because <laughs> I wanted people to remember him if they had okay. read the first book. Um, so book three is uh, a bit of a departure. It's about um, Mr. Benz, who is yes! the equerry to the king. He is a major secondary character in the first book. So people can you who read tell me what an equerry to the king even it's is? It's like an, it's it, it's. I mean, 
it's it's not a butler, but <laughs> he gets annoyed because people are always um, confusing him with the butler. Um, it's a it's an advisor to the crown. Like historically, the equerry was like the um, officer who was in charge of the king's stables, and it was like a high ceremonial position. So um, equerry comes from like the word equestrian. Then I would imagine that it does. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's it's basically like he has the ear of the king. He's the sort of trusted advisor to the king um, and comes from kind of a noble family himself. Um, so, but he's very starchy and uptight and tradition bound does not like change. Um, so he is the hero and the heroine is the American management consultant that they have hired to come in and overhaul the, um, uh, make the com- it's a small country that's sort of reliant on one industry right. um, watches and mm-hmm that industry is actually in decline in the real world. So in the fictional world, it's also in trouble. So she comes in to kind of overhaul the company and he's not happy about that, but he has to show her around and kind of babysit her. Babysit her and then fall for the babysitter, I guess. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, and I love that because it sounds then like you've got three different couples with three very different relationships in how they meet and even where the stories are set. Because for Duke, actually, we're kind of jumping between different places. I'm assuming A Princess for Christmas is more set in New York because that's where Marie and Leo meet. Or do they hop? It's about half and half. Okay. So very. it doesn't jump around. It starts in New York and then the second half is in Eldovia because she invites them for Christmas, you know, as one does. Because you invite the people you just smashed to come home for Christmas with you. (laughs) Now, most of your other books are not all set at Christmas. Was this was this no. something that you're like, I really just need to write Christmas? Or what inspired writing these? Um, actually, watching Hallmark mo- movies with my dad, who's a big fan of them. Um, he loves them. And I live in Canada, so we don't have a Hallmark channel there. But when I visit them here, um, okay. I, I watch with him. Um, and he he loves them, but he can never see his way through to the end. He's always like, how is this going to work out? And, oh, he just gets really anxious about it. So, um, and he, at the same time, I can always, well, I mean, A, as you said, you know, it's going to, there's going to be a happily ever after. You're supposed guaranteed. to. That's the point of these, these movies. But I can, I can usually like um, predict the sort of major beats of the story. Yeah. And he's always amazed by that. This was years ago. <laughs> I'm so, a mind reader, dad. Yeah. So one, um, year I thought just almost like a joking dare to myself I thought I wonder like could I if I could write one of these but like make it Hallmark after dark make it my own kind of you know in the style of the books that I write um so I wrote a proposal just almost like I mean not not a joke like I didn't (laughs) think the book was real I wasn't you know I wasn't like I just never thought it would go anywhere. I, I did it on a whim. That's the better word. It was a whim and sent it to my agent. And she was like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's, that's how it happened. I, you know, which is funny because usually one's path to publication and, you know, and previously in my career, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of like time and energy invested. And I just, with this one, I just kind of went Christmas fake, you know, I just kind of made it up and it, it worked out. Well, and I think it's funny because there are a lot of people who are going, are you going to write a holiday novella? Everyone needs a holiday novella. Where's your holiday novella? I didn't realize that was such a thing, but it is. I actually do have a holiday novella in the Bridesmaids Behaving Badly series. There is (laughs) a novella called Merrily Ever After, which is in 
um, if I can do a little plug, it's in a collection of holiday novellas put out by Forever Romance that's available now. Very nice. So, so is this a new novella? That no, just it's came old. Out? Okay, no, but, it's, you're, but it's, it's from, one that's part of that other series. It's been bundled. So if you're into, I guess my point is, I mean, you can buy it as a standalone, but if you're into holiday novellas, there's a, bu- a new bundle of them out right now. You can just binge all of them and get mm-hmm. all of the novellas and sit there with your eggnog and your hot cocoa and just, yep. and, and will it work out? Your dad doesn't know. It will. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love the fact that we were talking beforehand that all the thr- thrillers are behind you and they're your mom's books. Yeah, so yeah. your mom likes reading about people getting murdered and your yeah. dad likes the Hallmark movies. And that, That's right. That's correct. That's a perfect match. I really like that. <laughs> I mean, I think that might be kind of counterintuitive what my people expect, but mm-hmm. I love it. I the, One of the people I know in real life who loves Hallmark movies is a guy and he's unashamedly wearing his holiday sweaters and taking pictures with his wife and his kid going, come on, Hallmark movies, like yep. feature us. Yep. And he, he does not have any shame about like, this is my thing and I like it. And I think that's amazing. But most of your stuff is not Hallmarky. I was going to say, I don't feel like the Mermaid Inn book was very Hallmarky. Bridesmaids behaving badly, not Hallmark-ish. What would you describe yours generally as far as the feel? And do they vary from series to series? Um, I, I don't, no, that's a hard question. Um, Maybe start with start with like the Mermaid Inn series because yeah, I mean, one. I I think that I write. Um, I I don't know if I feel like we're in a moment where everybody likes to brand things as rom coms, yeah. and um, I definitely get branded as writing rom coms, and I think maybe I do write rom coms. <laughs> You're like, but um, that's could be. But maybe. I guess my what I'm trying to lead up to, and I'm not saying very well here, is that I think that I've always written the same style of book and sometimes it gets packaged as a rom-com and sometimes it doesn't but I think that what's underneath however that's labeled is um contemporary romance with a fair amount of um humor I you know get told that I do dialogue and sort of banter well and um but many of them have kind of a um emotional core many of them deal with grief so it's hard for me to like categorize them because i feel like they are funny but they're also a lot of them are sad too yeah and it's hard to say it's a rom-com that deals with grief because those two things don't really feel like they fit together and i think that that is a question because i've heard okay what's a rom-com and i don't know if anyone has a definition that kind of fits all the rom-coms in the category And if you're talking rom-com movie, that's even slightly different than a rom-com right. in a book. And I think one of the things that's hard about rom-coms too is humor is so subjective. Right. So it's like, did the humor even land? So some people might not even realize it's funny if the humor is kind of going over their heads or isn't really resonating with them. Right, right. But yeah, the dialogue is is a huge thing. And if if dialogue isn't working between the characters, that's usually where you get that chemistry from is how, right. they, how they communicate. And if you can't do that, it doesn't really work. But You've got, you've got a lot of texting in here as well, which I thought was very cute. I like how it looks. I don't know if I can see one of the things here, but you can kind of see there that the text stands out, yeah. which in this day and age. They did a great job with the design of that uh, book. Sorry, I'm distracted because. Is the snow in, coming down? No, somebody's at my mother's house and I don't know who it is, but I'll let them they're sort like, it out. <laughs> like, hello, strangers. Yeah. No, my mother isn't home. Can I take a message? It's a little easier now that you're a grown-up probably than if you were yep. five going, yep. she's in the shower. <laughs> Isn't that what we were always told to say yeah, when we answered yeah, the phone? Yeah. She's in the shower. She can't come she's to the phone. She's not available right now. 
Exactly. Yeah. She is not available right now. So you're working on the third in this series. Is there another series you're working on as well? Or is it just this and then who knows what comes next? Um, there is, so the book three is coming out next fall. And then following that, um, in the summer of 2023, I do have a standalone novel coming out called Canadian Boyfriend, which is about an American woman who, um, before the events of the book begin, she, as like in her past as a teenager met randomly at the mall of America, a, um, teenage hockey player from Canada. And they had, she was a barista, he was buying coffee. They had just sort of like a momentary flirtation. And she ended up kind of inventing a version of him that she used throughout her uh, high school years as a um, fake boyfriend. Like she, <laughs> she made up this whole persona for him and it got her out of, she, she, had, she had some issues that it helped her with. And then um, the book starts when she meets him again by chance in real life. And he's not at all like the version of him that she is. Um, made into kind of a legend in her own mind. Okay. I, I love that. And I love how just stereotypically Canadian that is where it's like, Oh, he's also a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's that did actually happen to a friend of mine growing up. Is she, yeah, met, really? uh, she met a Canadian hockey player, teenage hockey player at the mall of America. And then they had like a little long distance. I mean, they were, they went out, but they never saw each other again in person. Cause they were like 15 years old. Are they now happily married to each no, other? No, no, they literally never saw each other again. <laughs> <laughs> like they wrote letters, like paper letters for a while. But that paper, paper letters. Well, and that is one of the things. Like now we have we have text in our book. We don't have love letters anymore yeah. because we just go boop, 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 and we're done. So, you know, now they could probably FaceTime if if you had your Canadian boyfriend rather than uh, have to do longhand letters. And yep. who knows? They could they could have their uh, Tom Hortons. No, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, yeah. They're Tim Hortons. <laughs> Their Tim Hortons wedding or something like that. But have you always been in Canada or is this a recent transplant for you? Is this like um, anything new it's for not you? Re- it's no, it's not recent. I grew up in the States and I moved to Canada in my twenties, my early twenties. So I've, and I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. I've, so I've been, I've spent my adult life in Canada. Well, okay. So then, so then your Canadian boyfriend is going to have a lot of authenticity to it. And we won't just be relying yeah. on like, I think this might be what Canada has. Some moves? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I yeah, I have an actual Canadian husband. So <gasps> a can is a sequel to Canadian <laughs> boyfriend, Canadian husband. That's actually pretty funny. No, it's a standalone, <laughs> but there is there, you know there's a great book if anyone wants a, a random recommendation. There's a fabulous yes. book called Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall that I loved. I think it was probably my favorite book of 2020. Um, and there's apparently a sequel coming out called Husband Material which I am super excited about. He's one of these go-to authors that I will read anything, but I'm also kind of like, but it, but it, it all got resolved. Like I don't, oh. I don't want there to be trouble. <laughs> Where are you going to this up from? Hmm. Yeah. Well, and that is one of the issues. And I, I love how you did this. And it's, it's one of the ways you can kind of say universe versus sequel, the difference yeah. between a true sequel versus in the same universe, because yes, these relationships are getting tied up rather than like, will they, won't they? Do they have right. their happily ever after? You don't, we didn't pick this up and then have Leo and, and Marie being like, well, you know no. what? We don't really want to get married anymore. So no. forget it. And I don't mind that it looks like that. If I know going in that I'm committing to a three book arc or whatever, but, but I, um, yeah, I'm my, I, that's not what I write <laughs> we'll so far. I mean, we'll see. Right. 
well, who knows? You may end up having to write the Canadian husband yep. and yep. Have, have the hockey, the hockey team goes to the Olympics. Is there a miracle or something? Some miracle on ice. I don't know. I don't know enough That's about hockey idea. to make this work. Well, you know, I don't really know anything about hockey either. So. <laughs> now you have to do your research yep. to make all this hockey feel authentic to yep. the reader. I mean, if you had to research all the, the hot cocoa festival in these mythical <laughs> Eldovian and Andorian, I think Andorra is a place. And then there's yeah. also one who's the Bewitch sister. I think her name was Andorra too. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I get them all confused. They're all kind of the same in my head sometimes, but that's okay. Cause you also said beforehand that you wanted to tell us about your neighbor's ducks. Oh, well, we were talking before <laughs> you said that people have... I, if you have to tell me the background, but there was like a joke about yes. pet ducks. And I actually said, I kind of do have a pet duck story. Yeah, the, the, the joke is, so it, generally we try to talk about the books and the author's career, but sometimes there's just random stuff going on. Mm. Like an author has ducks in their pool and my co-host for Vox Vomitus, which is the other podcast I host. I'm the co-host with Jennifer Ann Gordon. She is obsessed with woodland creatures, including foxes, ducks, and anything else that's probably right outside her house right now because she lives in the middle of the woods. And so we joke that that usually pops up at some point. And right. Jenny, you said you don't have any ducks, but your neighbors have ducks? Well, not now, but growing okay. up, um, I had a friend who lived in my neighborhood who was like your stereotypical like animal lover. Like she lived for animals, didn't matter what kind, loved them all, had dogs, had cats, you know, was dying for a horse, just loved animals. <laughs> Um, and I don't know what became of her. I always wondered if she became a vet or we lost touch and she has a We very, have to look her up on Facebook after this yeah, show. She, you can't even, her name is like the most common name in the world. Oh. Anyway, um, she, I don't even know how it first started, but she ended up rescuing these duck babies, this pair of ducks that she found, I don't know, out in the world with no parents. And she brought them home and um, they were very little and she raised them initially in um her basement in a cardboard box with like incubator lights. And then yeah. eventually like as they, and she, you know, hand fed them and um, they eventually grew up and like that season. And then they migrated, they flew away and then they came back the next year. Oh, they came back to her and their mommy back. because they were duck orphans and they're, you know, she adopted them. I mean, they were adults, but you know how oh. like, I see, I'm like the opposite. I don't really know anything about, the animal world but you know they fly south and then they come back but they like literally came to her yard i would love to like knocking on the basement door we live down there did yeah, you she did like, you yeah. write that out because that's our basement and then they had babies in her yard that she did not raise because they were capable of raising their own babies well yeah but... if if they can do it themselves you probably should and you know, know i don't know like babies. see i have questions as an adult because like it was they were siblings they were named chuck and violet no uh charles and petunia and then <laughs> They came back and there was more babies, but I hope it wasn't the siblings that were having the babies. I don't know. Um, that got very Blue Lagoon right yeah, there. Yeah, I know. So then, no. so, anyway, a duck came back with another duck and then there were baby ducks and the second generation was named um, Chuck and Violet. So they had Charles and Petunia and Chuck and Violet. And I don't know whatever happened after that. But Well, hopefully they didn't end up on my plate because duck is delicious. <laughs> I'm sure duck that's not the response. Mm-hmm. 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 Some of my favorite stuff, molasses duck, delicious. And mm. I won't eat ducklings because that makes me sad. But full-grown duck, you know, Christmas duck. I mean, that's mm-hmm. Christmassy, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas duck mm-hmm. or goose, bring that on. Yeah, I mean, probably stick to hot cocoa and not eating your neighbor's ducks. <laughs> that would be rude. We don't do yeah. that. Yeah. We don't eat our neighbor's pets of any sort, whether or not they're delicious. 
But Jenny, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. And hopefully whoever is at the neighbor's door, or your door has. They, they drove away. I don't know. It was just. Oh, good. Okay. I, you like, know, I don't, I didn't grow up in this house, so I don't really know anybody. You're like, who's that? And should yeah. they be here? All right. That's, that's good. But we appreciate you having you coming here and spending time with us. Everybody pick up Duke actually, and go ahead and start with a princess for Christmas. Cause you have time to read both. I actually got to listen to this also because I'm an audiophile. Right. So I'd be sitting there listening to it. So I started reading it and I'm going, Ooh, I found it on cloud library. So then I listened to it too. And your narrator does a wonderful job. Oh, she's great. Admit, Max doesn't sound exactly how I would have expected it because by that point I'd already figured out it was Alexander Skarsgård. Right, so in right. my head, he was still Alexander Skarsgård speaking right, to me, right. so it's fine. I just autocorrected. It's great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And for everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, you can come back in the new year. We're all going to survive 2021. And yes. January 11th, 2022, we're going to have Benjamin Percy for the Unfamiliar Garden. We are slipping back into more of the speculative realm here. I know we've had two romance in a row but this covers all of it into the moon, Allison. So thank you everyone for joining us live and those watching the replay. Thank you very much. Thank you to my producer, Roman Surotin and executive producer, Pam Stack. And this is a copywritten podcast of the authors on the air global radio network. Bye. Bye.